Welcome back, Bears Nation podcast listeners. Okay, so we've decided as a podcast to start a new segment called Behind the Bears. This new segment will give a new abstract way of looking at the Chicago Bears. Not all Bears content is football content. In today's interview, we have NFL agent Nathan Shackelford. Nathan's company, Higher Calling Sports, has had success in the CFL, XFL, and now breaking into the NFL with a player who just recently signed with the LA Rams. We go behind the scenes of what it takes to be an NFL agent. This segment was meant to give behind the scenes look at Bears football, whether that be a person's beginning to his fandom or the guys who mow the lawn at Soldier Field. Who knows, you could be the next guest on Behind the Bears. But until then, here's Nathan Shackelford. Today we have Nathan Shackelford on the show. He's an NFL agent and owner of Higher Calling Sports Agency. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm just excited to have another guest on this segment, Bear, Behind the Bears. Um, it's been fun to just kind of see what goes on behind the scenes. Um, I do open these things up with a little icebreaker question, so I have one for you. Are you ready? Are you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> if you have to sing karaoke, I don't care if you sing good or bad. If you have to sing karaoke, what song do you pick? Your go-to, like, oh, shoot, they're putting me on the spot. I have to go up there. What is it? Shoot. I don't even know. I've never even thought about that. That question's never even processed through my mind. <laughs> uh, we'll go with Eye of the Tiger. Okay. All right. Hey, that's safe because you can be goofy with that one, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. All right, man. Well, let's let's learn some more about you. So go ahead and plug your agency, what you do um, for the NFL. I know you're new, but uh, new to the <clears throat> NFL agent business. But go ahead and plug what you what you do. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I'm an agent for uh, for the NFL. Um, so I represent uh, professional uh, athletes that are trying to play in the NFL. Um, I have my own agency, Higher Calling. So, kind of your your when you're becoming an agent, your options are really to join an agency, uh, be a solo agent, or create your own agency. And um, for me, my vision is very unique in that we my agency targets guys that are either uh, men of faith or high moral character, and uh, that really didn't exist in any other agency form. And so that's why I decided to start my own agency. So we represent, again, like I was saying, guys of, of high moral uh, caliber or faith, and we do their contracts, their stuff off the field, help them with uh, training and the draft process. And then when a guy makes it, just kind of kicking back and watching his games and, you know, over the years getting ready for his next contract. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun job for sure. That's cool. I, so I read on your website, you guys kind of connect players to churches as well. Like, what's that process like? Yeah, so I mean, if we, a lot of our guys come from church type backgrounds, so they're already plugged in somewhere. But, you know, if a guy goes to a new city and he's not used to something, uh, we can, we'll do research for him to find or have a partner church that, that's in that city that, that he could go to that, you know, would be a good church for him or a good place for him or good ministry for him to support. Because again, with our faith background, we have to make sure that, that our guys that are faith based have faith based outlets where they can give back, where they can um, find community and find people that are of similar beliefs. So um, that's kind of what we do on the, on that side. No, that's, that's super cool. Um, like you said, I don't know if I've ever, I've, if I've ever heard of something like that before. So really neat. Cause I mean, these guys, they come into the league and they have all this money all, all at once, you know, like I don't care if you're at the lower 
rung of the NFL, you're still getting paid a lot of money. And, you know, getting that at such a young age is kind of hard to manage it correctly. So it's really neat that you that you thought of that. So leading up to the draft, you, I'm sure you were super busy. Like, what is that? What does that look like for an NFL agent? Like, what are you what are you constantly doing in that time? It's uh. It's a lot of tracking and research. Um, you're trying to keep up with probably the two weeks, about two to three weeks before the draft starts, you get, you and your players will start getting calls on a regular basis of, hey, I'm interested in X player. Um, and you start getting these little touches from teams. And so you start trying to track those to figure out which teams are interested in your guys. Um, a lot of my guys this year were more of those fringe type guys. So it wasn't teams reaching out to say, we're going to draft your guy. It was teams reaching out to say, you know, hey, we'd be interested in possibly signing you after the draft. So we just kind of took down those notes of who was calling and how many times they called and when they called and who who called. And then we looked at the rosters of each team to see what their position was like at each position, what it was like at each position. And then we broke that down with our guys' skill set to see, all right, if, if X player gets 10 calls after the draft, best case scenario, who do we want to take? Um, so we just were prepared for everything, um, but it was a lot of just just trying to to go best case scenario, plan best case scenario of if we have options, what's our option here? Because if you're if you're drafted, I mean, if you're going to be drafted, there's not a whole lot you can do leading up to the process. It just seems calling you, saying they're interested, asking you interview questions, that kind of stuff. But for guys that are more fringy, it's teams reaching out to try to make sure they're still healthy, make sure they're still interested in playing, and then. Uh, let them know that they're interested if something happens after the draft. So for me, this this year was a lot of fielding those types of calls and then figuring out what teams we liked and didn't like for our guys. I can't remember if we mentioned it earlier in the show or before the show when we were talking, but you're new to the to the game. And so being new, what's what's been an experience that's just been really hard to, the, to being an agent, like something you didn't expect? Like, ah, man, I thought this was going to be a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I mean, one of the hardest things is it, it just takes time is is developing relationships with scouts to where, you know, when I first started, when I I started off doing CFL and XFL and AF. So I had I had a lot of contacts there, but that took time. But then with the NFL, I really started with maybe one or two kind of contacts mm-hmm. uh, and then I had to really grow that on my own. And then a really surprising thing for me this year was just how different a lot of scouts are and a lot of times if, if you haven't met a scout before, if you just cold call them or cold text them, like they really don't like that. They want to have a relationship with you first. And then it's just, mm-hmm. well, if you're new, how do you get a relationship with that guy when yeah. you're new? And so then, but then how do you get information about your guys? So it just was a slow process. And I'd say there's, you know, this year there's probably about, I don't know, maybe 12, 12, 13 teams now that, that I feel like I could text someone and get a response from pretty, pretty surely. And so then just kind of building on that. Um, but that's, that's been a weird, that, that was a weird thing I, I wasn't expecting was the reaching scouts and building those relationships um, was, a, was, it takes more time than I had originally thought about. Becoming an NFL agent. I mean, it, it's not just like deciding, you know what, I'm going to be an agent. Like there's a lot of schooling that goes into that, right? I mean, most, from what I've seen, most of you guys are, Law, have law degrees is that a case like is that true do you have a law degree or go ahead and talk about yourself a little bit yeah yeah no i mean a lot of so to be an nfl agent you either have to have a advanced degree of some sort 
either a master's or a law degree or I think I think a CPA might qualify. I'm trying to remember exactly what qualifies, but some kind of advanced degree or I think it's like seven years of negotiating experience. So I had my master's uh, and I actually started as an agent when I just had my master's. So I kind of snuck around it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I, I'm, I, I'll be, uh, I guess in the next week or two, I'll be getting my, my law degree from SMU. So I just wow. finished up classes at SMU and uh, yeah, so I'll be getting that degree soon, but uh, all, all the coursework's done for it. So now it's just about getting the degree, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the law degree is helpful because it, but really the biggest reason that a lot of agents have law degrees is because of the contracts and really knowing how to read that thoroughly and knowing what to look for in a player's contract and what terms people can try to sneak in that aren't okay and just trying to look through that kind of stuff. So that's why that's why a lot of a lot of them are contract based. Um, you take a lot of you know you, contracts is maybe one year of law school. So the rest of it, I mean, really doesn't you know there's not a whole lot of classes that yeah. necessarily directly to it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to law school thinking, you know, I immediately wanted to be an agent. I just knew I wanted to do something around sports. And so uh, when I kind of looked at law and sports and tried to see the connection of those two, uh, that's when the agent thing popped on the on my radar. Um, I uh, interned for an agent in Dallas for a little bit like that and then decided to do it. Um, I really didn't like the traditional law practice of – research and and knowing all the you know having to research the law and looking up cases and all that um i i I enjoy people a lot more and so um combining kind of critical thinking people and sports law made a lot of sense or uh the agency made a lot of sense to me so that's kind of how i that's kind of how i got linked in to it this being a bears podcast that our last dispute really we had was um roquan smith when he got drafted he was having he was having some rookie contract issues and I mean, none of that stuff is really released or, or told like why, what, what the issue was per se. In Roquan's case, I don't remember there being like more details, but I don't know from an agent's perspective, when those disputes happen, what, what what's happening behind the scenes that people don't know? He was drafted in the first round. So there's, there's some times where if you're drafted in the third round, there's some really tricky type stuff that goes on in the third round. So when you had said, you know, it was taking a while, a lot of times with your third, sometimes with your third round guys, um, there's a little bit more leeway that you have on some of your bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know about that. Um, for him being being uh, first round pick, pick eight, my guess is that um, there was a dispute. You, you don't, you, there's no way, you can't fight what the number you're going to get paid is going to be. Um, it's just set by the guy in front of you when you're in the first round. Uh, you're not going to, you know, he's not going to get paid higher than the seventh pick. It's just how it works. If he's round one pick eight, um, he's likely, the, any kind of dispute would likely be over guaranteed money. You know, his his assurances of of not only a signing bonus, which is, you know, kind of be non-negotiable pretty much, but um, how, much of his, have, how much of his salary for the rest of his rookie contract are they going to guarantee? Um, that's going to be something. Another thing sometimes has to do with uh, injury language of injury protections of, you know, if you get injured, uh, teams can try to, uh, there's a clause with, with lower level guys where they will say, if you get injured and you put it on IR, uh, we don't have to, we only pay you about half of what you would make or, you know, a little less than 
a little more than half of what you would make. So he could have been fighting over some language like that, over some gotcha. injury protections. Actually, uh, I think that's what it was, if I remember right. I think it was an injury protection. I, now that you're talking about it, I think that's, if I remember right, that's what it was. Okay, here it is. I'm reading right now. Okay, so he's with CAA, so one of the biggest agencies in the country. Uh, language over his rookie contract stating whether his guaranteed money would be reclaimed by the team if, if he was suspended for helmet to helmet contact. So gotcha. the agency wants guaranteed money, and the Bears wanted it to be determined by wanted it to be ter- determined by the league, because I guess he had a history of him going lowering, helmet to helmet, yeah, or lowering his head when he tackles too. I, I don't know. That was also the season that they were implementing that new rule, uh, the new tackling rule. So yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. I've never heard I've never heard that before. That's very interesting. But yeah, it's it's just. It's just interesting to hear like what happens when you guys are ar- arguing back and forth, and is it literally like talking, or are you guys just shooting emails back and forth at each other? Are you, are you, and who are you talking to? That's a good question too. Like when those disputes happen, um, are you talking to, a, obviously not the GM or, or a coach. So who who are you talking to when it when those contract disputes are happening? It's going to generally be someone within the salary cap department. Um, who knows all their numbers really well and knows how much they can give to make sure they're not going over the cap themselves and then they're going to be fined. Uh, so it's generally someone, I mean, at least someone in the conversation is is salary cap related. Uh, I mean, that's generally who you talk to. And it just really depends on the size of the player. I mean, if it's, if it's a PFA, so like we just had a guy that signed with the Rams, I mean, they they just flat out told us here's what we've got left for a signing bonus we'll give it to him and i mean that's it but it wasn't it wasn't you know a salary cap guy it was just the scout that had called us you know or the yeah. guy that had called yeah. us. Uh, because they, they don't need to go through a whole lot of logistics when you've got you know x amount of money left and you're signing one more guy yeah. and that's what you got left so it, it just depends on the level of the guy tell, tell us that moment <laughs> when when you got that phone call like hey your guy's getting signed by the rams what, what was that like? Obviously, you have to play it cool when he calls, but <laughs> afterwards, like, was there... Yeah, I mean, it was a weird deal because unlike... I mean, unlike how a lot of them were done, uh, how a lot of PFA deals are done, uh, ours happened two days after the draft, uh, which is a little bit more unusual. So we were actually pr- told the day of the draft, um, it didn't look like there was going to be space for him. Mm-hmm. And then over the next couple of days, the coaching staff got together and kind of were talking and were like we could use some more linebackers. So they just took a look at their list and liked our guy and it kind of developed over days. Like it wasn't a one day, you know, it wasn't an out of nowhere it's happening. It was just like, hey, this might happen. So it's kind of a slow build. Yeah. Uh, versus all, all okay. once type okay. deal. Gotcha. So it, it made it where we kind of were building our hopes and trying not to get our hopes up too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a cool deal when it happened for sure. I mean, very, very excited. And the situation for him is great there. Um, yeah. So I mean, we we're, we're happy all the way around with it. So NFL agents, they have to be some like a scout of some sort as well, because I mean, you're not just going to bring on a guy who's you're going to be putting a ton of time and effort into each player. So you're not going to just give give your time and effort to somebody who's really not going to make the NFL. So at some yeah. level, you have to be a scout as well. Like where where's your background? How do you choose players? Yeah, I mean that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got early on was. You know, it, it really doesn't matter 
everything that you think. It's it's really what scouts think and what the teams think. So I mean, over time, the better relationship you have with these scouts, the more that they're that they're kind of willing to look into guys for you and you know say, oh yeah, this guy's on our radar. He's a good guy to get. You know, a lot of it's bouncing things off of people and and, and getting ideas. I mean, the one thing that's really not accurate at all is just your Twitter scouts and your uh, random draft sites that pop up saying these things. I mean, they're not really accurate. You kind of know, you kind of just know who some of the bigger guys are. The harder thing is figuring out kind of those mid to late guys, like who those are. Um, Because you, I mean, you always know that you're, you know, all first team, all SEC guys, if they're coming back for their senior year, they're probably going to be on there somewhere. But then when it's like, you know, sometimes your fifth to seventh round guys are guys from smaller schools or guys who didn't do as well um, in college, but have more of the skills that they're looking for, more of the size they're looking for. So um, it just takes some time to figure out what exactly teams are looking for and looking for some prototypes, um, looking for guys from bigger schools, but then knowing how to you know, find guys at smaller schools and what you're looking for there in terms of size and what they've done and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a mix of a bunch of things. I don't think there's one proven thing. I mean, there's there are a couple guys I have that I definitely just trusted my gut on. And then there's been some guys that I bounce guys off here and there. I mean, like my linebacker for that got signed by the Rams. I really I liked him. He was the first, one of the first guys on my list for this year because he was so productive. I mean, you don't really see linebackers who get over 100 tackles every single year. And he, yeah. I mean, he led the Sun Belt. He's the all-time leader in the Sun Belt history in tackles. So I like guys that are productive. I mean, sometimes people say tackles is a misleading stat, but I don't, I mean, it shows productivity to me. It shows he knows where to be and when. So, I mean, that's part of what yeah, caught his eye to me. Like I said, this is a Bears Bears podcast. So do you have, do you have any Chicago experiences at all like have you ever have you talked to a, a bear scout or yeah i mean i think we had two guys that they're interested in and uh um they were the only team that called my punter so that was a, that was a one of the only teams to really call i mean we had a couple calls huh. but they were, they were one that had one of the teams that had called my punter which was a cool deal because uh punters are a tricky position sometimes it's just about it doesn't matter sometimes how i mean it can matter it doesn't matter how good you are but it's also about it's just a very niche position where you only need yeah. one guy every so often. So, yeah, uh, I mean, in the did, Bears, they, in the Bears' case lately, they need their punter quite often. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe when things open back up, I mean, punters are normally mini camp type guys, so um, they get that's where they get their shot. So maybe when stuff opens back up, maybe the Bears will uh, give us another call and our punter will get a shot up there. That's incredibly interesting, though, from a Bears pr- fan's perspective because we've had. Pat O'Donnell for a long time. He's our he's our punter now. It's interesting that they're reaching out even to a lower level school per, uh, punter to like they're doing their due diligence. So it's kind of weird, but no, that's definitely yeah. some cool insight. Do players reach out to you, or do you reach out to players, or is it all like a big circle mix of everything? Like scouts sometimes send guys to you. You look for guys. Guys look for you. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the the best is when. The best circumstances always, I mean, 90, 90% of the time is when um, either you reach out to the guy directly and you're recruiting him or um, one of your, like a guy that I've represented before um, has a connection to someone else and we get in touch that way. Uh, personal connections are always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times if a guy's coming to you, 
it's unless you have that personal unless they say hey you know my friend my good friend is uh you're representing him he said good things about you blah blah, blah. i wanted to check in with you a lot of times uh when guys are reaching out it's because no one's reaching out and they're desperate mm-hmm. and so generally you don't want a guy to reach out to you um i i do have a guy on my that i'm representing this year that reached out to me but it was a very it, it was a deal of he had a lot of agents reaching out to him but he wanted a guy that was local in dallas hmm. and so he shot to guys in dallas only so it made sense in that in that sense but generally i like it when it's either a connection through a guy i'm representing or i reach out to the guy and, and then he reaches back out and then I get him from there because we have a mutual thing once we once I reach out. Now, I I mean, being part of the sports media world, I get a lot of like DMs and from underground players who are sending sending us their huddle huddle page. I think that's what it's called, hudl.com or whatever. I think it's huddle. Yeah. Has I mean that 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 hardly ever works, right? Like that's not a thing. Like. No, it's not. And there's there's a lot. I mean, it's really tough. The tough deal is there's a lot of guys that are at smaller schools that, yeah, they should get a shot. Um, not. I, I think the majority of them should not. I mean, they don't – they think they're good enough for an NFL shot, but I, I wouldn't think they're good enough for an NFL shot, but maybe for like a CFL or another league. But the deal is there's just not the same amount of money there. Hmm. So as an agent, you don't get paid up front. You get paid as the player makes money. So – if you're going to spend tons of hours of your time on a guy who may not make you anything, um, you don't, you can't just go around and do favors for people all the time Yeah. because yeah. then you're your time. So I feel for those guys. And I always tell them, I wish them every time I get a message like that. Um, a lot of times I'm already full on players, so I can't take anyone anyways. But, uh, if I get a message like that, I'll always tell them I wish them the best and, and kind of point them towards, Hey, maybe do a workout for the CFL or, Maybe consider another league first, uh, especially if it's a D, you know, D3 NAIA or a D2 guy that wasn't very productive. Uh, I mean, it's just very hard for those guys to get in. Yeah. The NFL. Sure, right? I, I talked to your your Rams inside linebacker right before his interview um, with our Rams Rams Nation page. And I was just letting him know, like, hey, I, I had this buddy who was like super athletic, like incredibly productive in high school uh went on to a smaller school incredibly productive there but he was just a little undersized and i like i feel for guys like that well one because i'm short and i like i was always athletic but (laughs) but i'm I'm short so i was never going to make an nfl or any kind of sport roster this guy like had it all like if you saw him like he's just jacked and like super fast and like just incredible athlete but just because he's just a little undersized he didn't he didn't make a nfl roster and so when these guys do make a team kind of referencing what i my question if you guys got excited like it's just got to be so overwhelmingly overwhelmingly awesome to finally like all the work that i put in bam i'm on a roster whether you make the 53 man or not like i made it yeah that's so cool like i don't know yeah yeah no for sure i mean the biggest of those they just get a shot you know and uh, they get a chance to go in there and, and show why they should be there. And a lot of, you know, a lot of guys reach out and say, I just want a chance. And, you know, chances aren't, they don't just come that easy. So, you know, when these guys get these chances, I mean, you, just, you know, it's, we celebrate for a little bit, but then, you know, one of my, I, we celebrated for a little bit with the linebacker from 
on the Rams. And then I was just like, yeah, man. But now, I mean, you got to completely shift focus and now we got to get back to work because yeah. now you got to be, yeah. you got to be ready to go. So. Yeah. All right, Nathan. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just glad to hear these behind the scenes perspective of the, of the game that we all love and, and support and, and watch like there's no there's no sports on tv right now because of this whole covid thing and yet we're still yep. like watching nfl drafts and games from the past like we're, we just want content so it's just really neat to be able to talk and yeah. hear this stuff so thank you for coming on the show and i do appreciate it oh yeah no man thank you all right man i'll talk to you later all right see ya. See Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Bears. Again, this was Nathan Shackelford. His company is called Higher Calling Sports. And you can go to his website. He has You can view all of his clients that he has now. The guy's a genuine, humble dude. It's been, it was a ton of fun just to talk to him and get to know him. Thank you to all the listeners who have been listening to these episodes. It's, it's actually been super insightful to hear all the behind the scenes work that goes into the sport that we love. So. You can follow Nathan on Twitter. Just search his name, Nathan Shackelford, and his company's name is Higher Calling. I'll be tagging him and all the stuff that we post. Uh, Give him a follow. He's definitely worth the follow. So, Bears fans, thank you for following. Thank you for listening. Bear down. (laughs) 